What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Aussie Lag Games Cast for Sunday, the 7th of the 11th, 2021. It's 7-11. <laughs> Get some Slurpees. I should have got a Slurpee. I didn't even realize. That's, that's what fortuitous timing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 69. Oh, <laughs> I'm happy we finally made it so I can make that noise. I've been waiting for this for 69 episodes. Don't take it away from me. I am joined, as always, by my brother from another mother, my partner in crime, the Chewbacca to my Han Solo, the man with the plan, the master chief himself, the Xbox god, the guy who didn't finish Guardians, Jack motherfucking Gibbs. How you doing, brother? <laughs> Oh, I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Yeah, Piece I'm doing all right. I'll be honest, a little bit tired, a little bit tired, but um, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm pretty good. I'm with you there. Sort of guess yeah, the end I'm of the weekend, good. meant to be feeling relaxed and uh, could be more sleepy. Yeah. Far from it. I feel like I do more on the weekend than I do during the week. It's insane. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Um, yeah, well, I didn't do much during the week because uh, I didn't finish Guardians, obviously. So unfortunately, this ain't no spoiler cast. We will have a spoiler cast, though. It will... It will arrive. Um, yeah, I've got nothing to say except I'm sorry. It just didn't happen. It didn't quite get there. It's been a it's been a hectic weekend, hectic week. Um, the game is still good though, and it will be finished. Like, you just know, you just know. Like, if a game's that good in the first hour, like, you know, you know you're in for a good ride. So, oh, we'll yeah, continue 100%. to play that. Kyle, you've played it three times, so I know for a fact it's got to be at least okay. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You know, you know, once to. What, once for review, twice for a platinum, third because I felt like it. You know what I mean? Like, it's awesome. a pretty damn good game. If I'm going back for that third run, like yeah, no, it's really good. That says a lot. Of, that says a lot. Do you want to keep the Marvel discussion going? Actually, let's let's mm-hmm. let's keep that going. So, um, during the week, uh, Amy Hennig, am I pronouncing her name correctly? Yeah, Hennig. she announced that her new studio, which um, I believe is called Skydance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. They're Science. working on a Marvel game. Yep. And that's all we've got. It's a Marvel game. <laughs> I'm assuming it'll be yeah. a single player sort of action adventure game. Is that fair to say? Yeah, probably. Just probably. her pedigree of being the writer for Uncharted and then was writing a open world single player Star Wars game that got canned. Uh, I would say this is probably going to be a single player open world Marvel game probably. Um we do have some hints as to who it's about, though. Oh, really? Um, well, yeah, on. so one of the main writers uh, was a part of a live stream, and uh, 20 minutes into the live stream, um, oh, no. everyone in chat was speculating on who it was going to be, and he just randomly went, oh, someone hit it on the head at the 29-minute mark, and uh, the majority of guesses on the screen were Fantastic Four or Ant-Man. So people are under the impression we may be getting a Fantastic Four game more than Ant-Man. Um, but people are also like, you know, the third Ant-Man movie's coming out, so it might make sense to have an Ant-Man game coming out. But again, it's almost like there's an Ant-Man movie coming out. Why would you want a game that may or may not, you know, be as good or might be better than the film itself? So I'd love a Fantastic Four game, personally. I think that'd be pretty cool. A way to introduce people to the Fantastic Four before they join the MCU. I feel like that'd be a smart way of doing it. Giving it's them some, a sort of like... Yeah, I would need that introduction, for example, so I'd be down for that. I would prefer an Ant-Man game, but I, I think it'll be Fantastic Four out of those two. Out of those two. Mm, yeah, I would I would agree. I think it's going to be Fantastic Four. If I can have my personal choice, though, Ooh. I, I really think Amy Hennig uh, could write 
a killer daredevil game like i, I think a daredevil game would be really really cool um we, we, we did get a really cool one back in the day that was, like, super interesting, um, the way it worked with, like, him being blind and stuff, but I feel like she would be able to, like, probably express that, like, a lot more. Like, mm. I love the Uncharted games. I love the way the stories are told. Um, it's, like, like jacked-up super Indiana Jones, so I feel like a, a Daredevil game wouldn't, wouldn't go astray. I'd love to see that, but people are pretty convinced it's Fantastic Four, so... Um, until told otherwise, I'm just going to sit here and be like, they're making a Marvel game. Um, yeah, there's a few people I'd love to see get a video game. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it's, it's interesting. It's who, interesting. Who are some I think it's that good you that you'd love doing. to see, if not Daredevil. Well, one of the big ones I wanted to see was Wolverine. So I'm pretty happy that he's sort oh. of getting his and game. But like, I mean, what, not a bad level of oh, developer to be working on. Right? Perfect. Yeah. I'll be honest, uh, one of the ones I've wanted to see since... So, I'm actually a big fan. Controversial statement. I'm actually a big fan of Sega. So, when Sega had the license to do the tie-in video games back when Phase 1 of the MCU was a go, they made Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, and a Captain America... Oh, great crack, mate. Great crack. Thank you, friend. Um, And a Captain America game. Now, the Iron Man game was okay. The second Iron Man game, hot garbage. The Thor game, pretty shit. The Hulk game, hot garbage. But the Captain America game was actually pretty good. I think. It's a it's sort of a combination between it's like if if the Arkham developers made a Captain America game. Like it's very Arkham Asylum feeling. Uh you're like at like a castle and the combat is just like Arkham. There's uh, traversal very much feels like uh, platforming stuff and Arkham stuff. So I would love Captain America to get another go at a video game. I feel like you could do a really, really, really good Captain America video game. I feel like if it was set during the Second World War, you're then not having the, why doesn't he just call Iron Man? Why doesn't he just call this person? Because like he's really the only sort of hero apart from Namor during that time period. Um, so I feel like a World War II era Captain America game would be freaking awesome. I think that would be super cool. Um, sure. I'd love to see that. I really would. I think that would be so cool. Be really, really cool. Um, and and you're gonna be like you're gonna, I I'd like a Hawkeye game. I think a Hawkeye yeah, game could be super cool. I was actually just cool. thinking that. I didn't know if I should say it or not though. <laughs> yeah, I think I think around uh, there was a comic run that that was really popular for Hawkeye a few years back. I feel like if we got that guy in to help write a Hawkeye game, I feel like we get a pretty dope Hawkeye game. The only good thing um, about Hawkeye though as cool. well is like. It, from gameplay mechanic wise, it would it could be a bit more like a Tomb Raider or something where like hundred percent, you know, and and you are vulnerable to bullets and stuff like you know Captain America ain't just gonna get shot down by some random dude, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm. um, I feel like a Hawkeye game could really sit you in the vulnerability of you know taking on a bad organization or whatever the story happens to be. Um, I'd be down for that for sure. I would love just like just like I would love for it to be like a like. You're Hawkeye, a member of the Avengers, and all the Avengers are around all the time. I'd love to see what it's like oh, when these okay. battles are going on from the perspective of somebody who's just trying to survive. Like, imagine being a part of the fight against, like, Loki, for example, and you're just a dude with a bow and you're, like, platforming around trying to help out as best you can. Buildings are coming down. Omni beams are going off. Shields are being thrown. Like, so, so, I'd love so to see what it's like. you're very much, like... 
you know, similar to like in Halo, if you just played a Marine on, on the Ark in Halo yeah. 3. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, like what what would that look like? You know what I mean? I feel like that could be so cool just to see because we hardly ever get to see what it's like on the ground level, I feel. Like the only time they really touched on it was like Civil War, but like you're seeing like like all of this shit falling down. Like I wanna be I wanna be like I want like your Hawkeye running through the subway when there's a fight going on in New York City, something's burst. Like, let let there be a button that lets me call in Thor who bashes through, saves the people, stops whatever's about to hit everybody. Because, you know, like, Hawkeye's the eyes of the team. Like, it would it would be really cool if you could, like, have, like, these call-ins, but also be like, okay, so, like, he's got this grapple hook arrow, he can get up there, he's disabling this, he's doing that, but he still partakes in the big fights. Like, I feel like that could be super cool. I'd, I'd love that. That'd be that'd be quite a unique experience, not just for Marvel, but like just in video gaming in general. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I'd See it from that. how a normal person would be experiencing these situations that are just so fantastical. Like, yeah, it'd be it'd be very interesting. I love the idea of the um of an Ant Man game only because I think that's another. Uh, set of characters and world or, or whatever that would could be adapted to video games really well is in like going down to that level and shrinking and, and becoming big and stuff like you know especially with the new consoles like you could easily sort of immerse someone in that sort of experience that maybe wasn't quite as easily as possible you know back in the day or whatever so um, that's why I kind of hope that it's Ant-Man because not only are the characters hilarious and awesome and and the the worlds are great and whatever but like i feel like it could be quite similar to how guardians like you know if i just reflect on the first level of guardians you know how crazy and colorful that area is like the the wreckage whatever i don't know what to call that place but um you know i feel like ant-man could really express some of the advantages of being a game in, in that scenario but um but yeah god there's so many possibilities with the marvel universe i mean let, let's let's just reflect for a moment on like dc games like there's plenty of um you know like the batman arkham series we've got um suicide squad coming up like you know they're, they're probably where we should set our expectations if we want marvel games right is that, is that fair to say should we be setting them higher <laughs> lower i feel that we should have our expect. I think we our expectations for this game will be quite high for the simple fact that Spider-Man, every Spider-Man game Insomniac done, amazing. We're probably going to get a Wolverine game before this game comes out. That's going to be amazing. Guardians of the Galaxy exceeded expectations, and I feel like that in itself is a way of showing like you can create a good Marvel game, and it can be a studio that feels like they haven't hit a home run in a while, and it can still come out the other end looking amazing, which it did. It's amazing. I can't wait for a Guardians two. They better do one. Like they kind of have to. It was amazing. You got Amy Hennig. She wrote three of three or four. Uh, she wrote the fourth one. I'm pretty sure. No, no. I think she she was gone by the fourth one. She wrote three of the best stories in gaming history. She wrote the first three Uncharted games, which are some of, if not my favorite games to play through for story. So. If she comes out and she's like, hey, we're doing a Fantastic Four game that's going to like reintroduce Marvel's first family into the limelight, I, I'm expecting like that story to be killer. 
Like, I can forgive repetitive, shitty gameplay if that story's got me gripped from start to finish. Like, I'll push through shitty gameplay for an amazing story. Well, that's the thing. What, what's the caliber of the studio that she's starting? Like, is it is it full AAA? I would, I would say so, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of AAA developers would follow her. Like, yeah, she was, like, okay. in charge of Uncharted, and she was in charge of the good Uncharted, Uncharted 2. Like, Uncharted 2 is considered the best in the series for a lot of people. Right, right. It's considered the best. Interesting, interesting. So, high expectations, Marvel, Amy... I mean, storm, Marvel right? must have high expectations because this is like this is Skydancer's like first game, so it's like like it's like she was she was making a Star Wars game until EA was like we're not doing that anymore, so they're like all right we'll go off and do something else. Marvel must have approached her not long after that for this to happen. But Marvel, being part of Disney, would have known exactly what that Star Wars game was. Good exactly. chance they were liking it. If they then teeter up EA for that canned game. it, yeah, EA was the ones that canned it. So yeah. Man, Disney's really... I, I must admit, when a few years ago when Disney announced they were not getting back into games, but they were going to start doing more. I, I don't know how to word what they announced a few years Licensing ago. Licensing out their properties to big game studios. Yeah, I, I don't want to say I couldn't have cared less, but I definitely shrugged it off as, oh, cool. Like, whatever. You do you. Like, you know... I was expecting mobile apps, maybe a little bit of garbage on the PlayStation Xbox. Uh, and that wasn't because the Star Wars EA deal was seemingly not going well. It was just purely, you know, uh, it sort of felt like we've been down this road before. You know what I mean? Like we've got we've got plenty of trash license shit lying around on the shelf. You know what I mean? Um, but mm. credit where credit is due, I think uh, Disney is um, is doing more good than bad at the moment in the games. I would yeah, word sure. it that way. Not not a perfect run, of course. Um, but I, I really appreciate that they're making games for everyone. You know what I mean? Like, there's that Marvel XCOM type game coming soon. Like, there's mobile oh, stuff. I'm so that, ready for that too. That I'm so again? ready for that. Um, something Suns, Midnight Suns, Midnight Suns. That's it. Yeah, they recently got yeah. delayed. I think just a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's I'm so year. ready. That game looks like it's dripping in style, and I cannot fucking wait to sink my teeth into it. Props to them for making it. You know what I mean? Like that—that's a genre mm. that doesn't get enough love. So, hundred percent. I yeah. think I think they're really uh, the, the people making decisions play games. And I think I think so. Yeah. What I think I think the the uh, the best thing they've done is they haven't forced it upon anybody. Mm. Like a lot of the reports have been, they've gone to PlayStation and said, "All right, we want to we want you to make a Marvel game." who do you want to make it? And then PlayStation have gone Insomniac. And then Disney have gone to Insomniac and they haven't said, you're making a Spider-Man game. They've said, who do you want to make a game about? So right from the get-go, you've got people who've said, we want to make a Spider-Man game. Clearly they're passionate about Spider-Man, which means people that are passionate about a project are going to put their best foot forward and create the best thing they can. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's just how it is. Whereas like, and the same thing with Guardians. Like, if you like, all the like developer docs and stuff like that have been. Oh well, when Disney approached us, uh, approached uh, the studio, like we we really wanted to make a Guardians game, and they said yes. So we we got to make a Guardians game right there. The, the people are going to be passionate about that because they got right. to decide. I feel like Disney's been really smart. Oh, 100 percent. Like Disney's been really smart in being like, 
could this Guardians game tie in with Guardians 3 if we put it off a few years? Absolutely, but they didn't. They're like, oh, you guys want to make a Guardians game now? Go for it. Like, like Four, make the best cool. game you can. Oh, you want to make a Spider-Man game? Go for it. Like, you want to make a Spider-Man universe? Oh, what, you want Wolverine? Take it. Like, like that just feels like such a, like a, a smart move. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah, the smart move. I think like the, the the only misstep that's been made isn't even Disney's fault, and that was Avengers. And I feel like the Avengers mm. is the Avengers is the unhappy sort of end of the spectrum when it's like people were passionate about that game. I think underneath it all, there's a good game, but there's just so much. There was so much of they weren't given enough time to create clearly what they wanted to make, right? Because each Avenger is very different from each other to a point. Like, each Avenger seems like they had a decent amount of time put into it. The story itself, very fun to play through, very of the topic right now, very very cleverly written, very cleverly done, but it just feels like because it was a live service game, it felt like once they'd got part, once they'd got the story, once they'd got the mechanics, once they'd got like the overall thing ready to go, they were like, excellent, this is live service, release it, we'll keep doing it after it's done. It's like, it was never really finished and you can feel that about it. Haven't been back to it in a while. I want to go back because people people are claiming that it's actually quite good now. And on the 30th of November this month, we'll get Spider-Man. So that's an interesting thing that I've been looking forward to seeing. Like, I wonder how they're going to deal with that. We will not get Spider-Man. Oh, got delayed again? Depending on what you're playing. (laughs) I just want to bring that point up again. They still handled it so badly. Um, Oh, yeah. Your comments just then, were you you talking about what the president of Square Onyx said a couple of days ago? No. Oh, so they came out a couple of days ago and they were just straight up like, yeah, Crystal probably wasn't the right studio to put on the Avengers project. Like, oh, I did not know they've that. never made a game. Yeah, no, no. Everything you just said was like you'd read that. I just wanted to like make sure anyone listening knew that there was a comment made. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you're on the fucking money, my friend. Um, but yeah, President of Square Onyx came out and um, I'll just read a little bit of the statement, uh, maybe. Uh, Marvel's Avengers was an ambitious title for us in that we took on the games as a service model. We overcame a variety of unexpected difficulties in the final phase of the game's development, including needing to transition to work from home due to the pandemic. We were able to surmount these challenges and release the game, but it has unfortunately not proven as successful as we would have liked. Nonetheless, taking the games as a service model highlighted issues that we are likely to face in future game development efforts such as the need to select game designs that mesh with the unique attributes and tastes of our developers and development teams sorry uh tastes of our studios and development teams while the new challenge that we tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome yeah this is where it gets bad we are certain that the games as a service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service orientated. How we go about creating new experiences by incorporating this trend into our game design is a key question that we will need to answer going forward. I read that from PlayStation Lifestyle.net. Games as a service is... Okay, so live service video games, in my opinion, need to be a secondary concern. Your first concern should be making a fun video game. What you add to it later should be something you think about later. It should never be at the forefront of game design. Like, that's why Destiny 1 sucked. Because it was designed as a live service game that they would add content to over the time being, right? The, f- the reason the first Destiny campaign sucked was because they're like, well, we've got a story out the door, we're going to add more to it later on and it's going to be better. Like, that's that's not how you should look at things. Like, you should look at things of how can I make the optimal $60 game right now 
so that when this ships, people want to wait for that content in six months' time. Not, how do I ship something so that it's out the door, people buy it, and then they'll get good content later on. That's not how it should be done. Live service should be a feature, not a fucking, like, it should be something, it's like, man, DLC used to, like, like, DLC campaigns and stuff like that were always, like, bonuses. That's what live service should be. Live service should be a bonus, not a feature. It should be something to keep the game alive, not, not the, the draw of the game. You know what I mean? Ugh, that's so annoying. That's, that's, that's really fucking annoying that he said that. Like, it's so annoying. Hearing him say that is like, oh, wow, you didn't learn anything. You didn't learn anything at all. Yeah. The only lesson they learned is that a single-player developer like Crystal should maybe not be the first studio they use. They, they oh. really shouldn't have... They, yeah. It's, if they, they wanted they, a game yeah. as a service game, they had to pick a studio. Like, you had to pick someone. Like... A, I agree. I wish it wasn't Crystal, but like, I don't think the ad, uh, yeah, as you sort of said, I don't think they took the right point at, away from it at all. But um, yeah, should have made a new studio. Should have been a new studio. Absolutely, because like I remember when it was announced that Crystal was making it, everyone was pointing towards, "Well, this is going to be an amazing single player Avengers game." At, at no point did live service cross anybody's minds. God they should no. have made a brand new studio. They should have called it fucking Live Service Square and then fucking everybody would have known it was going to be shit. Like... <sighs> yeah, I, know I it mean, that's rough, the thing. But the, the, the thing that that game had going for it was the logo on the box that said Crystal Dynamic. Oh, mate, not a bad crack. Not a bad crack. Um, Thank you, mate. Sorry, I didn't think you'd be able to hear that because normally it doesn't pick that shit up. I'm glad I picked it up, though. <laughs> loud and clear um yeah look I don't know I I, I guess that's uh, like I know Crystal Dynamics are now working on the um the game with uh, the initiative at Xbox so I don't know what that means for their next development project apparently they're working on a Tomb Raider as well but I dare say well, they're not gonna do another game to the service game which is which is exciting news that's what I'll take away from that mm. you heard it here first or probably third fourth fifth sixth we're a couple of days late, but you heard it here. Exciting times, exciting times. All right. Shall we talk a little Apex Legends? Let's. It's been it's been a little while since we've talked about it on the podcast, I think. We went through a phase. It has. It's been a, been a hot minute. Season 11, I want to say, has dropped. It is, yep. It's live. It came out Wednesday. We are, we are at Sunday, and we've been playing it a little bit. Um, it involves a new map a new legend and a new gun and some nerfs, buffs, tweaks and uh, they've introduced some problems as well, of course. That's how game development works. Um, Kyle, where do you want to start? Do you want to tell us about the tell us about Ash, the new legend first maybe? Cool. So they have uh, reintroduced, I'll say a, a, a legend into the, the Titanfall universe. So Ash is during the game. If you play Apex or if you play Titanfall, you definitely know who Ash is. Um, if you play Apex, Ash runs the arena and still does. So it really doesn't make any sense when you pick Ash to play in arenas and she's talking to you. So I hope so much speculation about what they were going to do to arenas. I don't think at any point we were just they like did nothing. Fuck all. <laughs> they did fucking nothing. I'm in shock. I'm like, I was like, I think my best one was, oh, they should put Blisk in charge of the arenas. Like, I doubt they'll ever add Blisk as a legend, so it just makes sense if Blisk took over the arenas. Like, I thought that would be really cool. Not, not nothing. 
All right, cool. <laughs> now, Ash is, uh, Ash is a Titanfall fan. She was in Titanfall 2. We squished her. Um, the Apex fans, you'll know that uh, Pathfinder found uh, the remains of Ash, put her back together. Um, she'd lost her memory. Um, so her and Pathfinder dated for a while. So that's why you're hearing a lot of voice lines about uh, her being his best girlfriend and Mirage being his best boyfriend. Um yeah, now she's back. She's got her memories back, and uh, she's a bit of a bitch. I'm not going to lie. Um, she, she's a bit rude, but she's okay. got some cool abilities. So she has the uh, this like like a lightning tether. So it's like basically shooting like a uh, like a, a, a two bladed arc star. We'll call it, and uh, it flows flows along. Um, if it hits you, you're tethered to the ground, and you can't move from a certain radius uh, for a short period of time. It also stuns you, um, or you can throw the tether. A little bit, I think. Yeah, not, not, not a ton, lot, though. Yeah. Um, it's mainly to lock you down, so it's easy for teams to get you. I feel, which is which, which yeah. in the, the map, which we'll get to, makes a lot of sense. Um, or you can throw it at the wall, and it's sort of like a little mine where um, if you run through it, it will tether you and hurt you and shock you. Uh, so it's pretty good. Um, her passive. Fuck her passive. Actually, we'll talk about the passive in a second. Let's talk about her alt. Her alt is interesting. Um, people are calling her like a more aggressive Ash, and I agree to a point. Uh, a more aggressive uh, Wraith, and I agree to a point. I think she has more risks than a Wraith. Like, I still I think Wraith is the better pick over the two if it's all about the portaling for you. I feel like... She is about getting in the fight as fast as possible, where Wraith is about getting out of it as safely as possible. Um, her portal, uh, she rips uh, with her big-ass sword that she just carries around. Uh, she rips a, a hole in reality, and you can path uh, go through the path one time. It's a one-way portal. So once you go through it, that's it. There is no going back. So you need to make 100% fucking sure that the decision you're making is the right one because if you do it, there's no going back. Like, if you're portaling to a team, you better be super confident you can beat that team. If you're portaling into a room, you better be super confident you can portal into that room. Like, otherwise, you ain't gonna... You ain't going back, son, so make sure you're ready to go. Which I think is probably the weakest part. I think her alt is super weak compared to everything else. I I agree. I think I, I agree that it's also a better alt for attacking than a race portal. But yeah, I don't think it's worth picking the legend for. No. No. What is worth picking the legend for is her passive, which needs a nerf. It's broken. Um, her passive is you can walk up to any death box, mark it, and ping anywhere on the map the uh, surviving members of the attacking squad. So you can effectively hunt teams down. If you're quick enough, you can hunt a team down that's trying to heal after a fight. Like, and yeah, it's unlimited. They ping you can just and they're keep not doing far it. away. <laughs> just the yeah, you're after them. Yeah, mm. and you can keep doing it. That's the OP part. You can keep pinging the same box if you want. Like, How you often? Can just like, ping is it cool down in like 10 seconds nope. or something? Nope, you just walk up and you hit it and it tells you where the attackers are every single time. That's, uh, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's, yep. <laughs> so it's like, also the, the, it doesn't matter where you are on the map. When a team dies, the death box appears on your map. So you can, you can have, your Ash can just have the map open all the time and be like, all right, cool. A team just went down at checkpoint. 
Let's hit checkpoint. Oh, another team's gone down at checkpoint. There's more than one team oh, wait, there. Wait, 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 wait. So when a new death box appears in the game, her map her will map. tell her. Oh, oh, yeah. So, okay, that's the broken part, I right? I implore you well. next time you play Ash, after after a hot drop, check the map. If they just keep pinging up. Like, the boxes just keep appearing on the map oh. anywhere. Shit, yeah, okay. Yeah, the passage is what it's all about then. 100% and it's very overpowered right now in my opinion I also just want to note that her ulti is beyond useless for running away mm. like it's so yeah. hard to control like I had a game just before and the ash tried to like portal away from me and like didn't even get off the roof I just like continued shooting <laughs> like just yeah. like, it just didn't didn't slow me down so yeah. yeah okay this passive really is where it's at then yeah, yeah. Her ulti's more about a premeditated attack than it is about an escape. But that ulti is also... That passive, sorry, is about a premeditative strike. So the passive makes sense with the ult when it's like, we know they're here, I'm going to phase through this, we're going to get in there and we're going to fuck them up. Like, that's, that, that, that's how it all works together. Especially on this big-ass map. Like I was saying last night, I feel like the last three legends have been specifically designed for this map. We've got someone who can see death boxes everywhere in phase. We got Sia who can literally use a scanner to find people and then ping them for their shields and stuff. And you got Valkyrie who can blast up into the air and re-up on a map that is massive. Like they feel specifically designed for this map. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like in hindsight, it all sort of makes sense. The the size of the new map is interesting because it never feels that big. Like I'm never running somewhere and I'm like, oh, this map's huge. Like I. Maybe it'll become that way, but like I feel like World's Edge feels way bigger because it's like the thing between two areas is just flat open road, like just boring yeah. stuff. Whereas on this map, it's like little hills and um, death boxes and fucking, you know, um, not death boxes, pills. You know, the the fucking okay. loot boxes. Just in general, there's just lots of things. There's it's, the cannons. It's a massive, dense map to the point yeah. where we've been playing now since launch and I still feel like I haven't seen everything. Whereas with World's Edge, after a day, I felt oh. like I'd been everywhere. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's like World's Edge feels vast, whereas this feels dense. Like, it just feels like, yeah, like... You're never going to run somewhere and not have somewhere to take cover or somewhere to find loot or somewhere to hide or somewhere exactly, to take yeah. up an offensive. It's, it's, it's cleverly designed in a way that you never feel like you're at a disadvantage regardless of where you land or where you go, which I think is smart because a lot of the times, especially like great example, World's Edge, like if I'm heading towards Fragment, I'm in an open field. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if someone's set up in a building, I'm at a major disadvantage. You know what I mean? But, like, in this map, if you're approaching Lightning Rod or Checkpoint, there's a lot of verticality in this map. So, it sometimes it feels like three maps stacked on top of each other with how much verticality this fucking map has. Like, it's got some of the longest zips in the game. Um, so, like, it's, it, it always feels like... You may have the advantage for a minute, but one smart move by another player will totally change it around, which I think is what they were going for, really trying to make people think about positioning, um, what weapons you're using, that sort of thing. Um, and speaking of weapons, like we should talk about the car. Oh, the car, not a vehicle. The car, the new gun, the <laughs> submachine gun that is. Um, it's definitely the most interesting gun they've added, in my opinion. They've added some good guns, they've added the Havoc. You know, it's not always a win. 
but this this gun this gun's interesting. So the the niche here is that it can it's a light machine gun. Uh, sorry, a submachine gun, much like an R ninety nine, but it can take heavy ammo as well and heavy attachments. So instead of clicking um, between the firing modes, you can click between what weapon uh, ammo type you're consuming. Which I'm still not convinced. I understand why it exists. To be honest, like were they just looking to add a weapon and not? not have to like they're at the point where there's like a gun of every type now like there's an assault of every ammo type you know etc etc were they just trying not to fuck with the system at this point and just add a gun that was easy or is it a gun that uh makes you think more i i I found that it makes me think less it's just like sweet whatever ammo is on the ground i'm good to take you know what i mean but there has been a couple of instances where like I go to reload the gun and it just like won't because I'm out of light ammo, but I've got a hundred heavy ammo in the backpack. So like there is a little bit of thinking about it, but um, I like the gun though. I will say, I think it's very, very good gun to use. Very fun gun. And it's fun in two ways. It's fun to use as in like, it's, it's pretty accurate. It does a good amount of damage, et cetera, et cetera. But it's also fun because I find the gun not that stressful. Like whatever attachments I find will probably work. You know, it's a pretty chill gun in that sense. Uh, how do you feel? What do your thoughts align, or you different views? I feel like that's always the reason for the gun. Is it like it feels like whatever attachment you find, you can use it? Because I feel like a lot of complaints people are having are like, "Dude, I found so many light attachments, and I'm using a fucking um, I'm using a flat line." Like I feel like, oh, I should have picked up that R three one because all I'm finding right. is light mags. Well, if you if you pick up a car. Oh, I found a light mag. Oh, that's a heavy mag. That's better than this light mag. I found better loot. Let me swap that out. I also feel like having the two ammo types really makes you think about resource management. I don't know how many times I've gotten to like a final circle. I'm like, shit, I forgot about my secondary gun and I don't have enough ammo for it. If I'm thinking about how much ammo I've got for like juggling three different ammo types, which is what I've been doing, I'm thinking a lot more about how much I'm carrying. So like I'm carrying like an equal amount of light and heavy plus I'm also carrying like two to three bricks of energy for the triple take which is back on the ground and it's an amazing gun oh, oh, um, so yeah like I've been running like car rampage car triple take loadouts but because I've got the two ammo types to worry about I ha- always have the question like do I just carry heavy if I'm if I'm or do I pick up a brick of light just in case I run out of heavy. But if I pick up that brick of light, now I don't have room for a shield battery if I see it. It's like, it's all these different things that I'm, I think it's designed to make us think about exactly what we're putting in our backpack. Whereas before it was just like, you drop, you pick everything up. I don't need that mag, toss it away, it's nothing. Now it's like, all right, cool. Do I want to take a purple heavy mag or do I want to use a purple light mag? If I drop this, oh, wait, can one of my teammates use this? Like, oh, um get to final ring i've got a car you know what i mean i've got 100 light rounds 120 heavy rounds and you or jake look at me and go yo dude does anybody have any spare light yeah i fucking do i'll just i'll just rock this heavy here's two bricks of light take it like it's i think it's a thinking man's gun um i think there's a lot more to it than we know yet i haven't i know we've had light discussions about it but i haven't really thought about it that much because to me it's like the opposite it's like the non-thinking man's gun like whatever's on the ground is good to go but you're right. Like if you're, if you're, um, you know, teammates are all running light and energy, like you'd probably want to stack more towards a heavy ammo. Then, like there, there's an opportunity yeah. to work together as a team because you're using that gun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's good. To, that's good thought. Yeah. I, I need to have a bit more of a think about that. Am, am I playing efficiently enough with that gun? Is is now the question. I thought there was no way to possibly play with that gun inefficiently, but 
Maybe there is. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, I would like to see them do it to the hemlock. Actually, that gun, that gun could yeah, do with a buff. Needs a bit of love. Yeah, yeah a bit of light ammo swap out would be nice. I would also like to see the heavy ammo do a little bit more damage than the light ammo, but the the light ammo have an increased firing rate. So if you hit all your shots, they're both the same. But if you're not hitting all your shots, you want to be using the heavy ammo as opposed to the um the light ammo. I'd love to see that like sort that of actually. strategy yeah. added to it. That would um, be cool. Yeah, I think the Hemlock could really do with that boost. And I was thinking, like, could the Scout or Repeater use that boost? But they're basically the same fucking gun, one light, one heavy anyway. So I don't know about that one. The the Repeater needs something. Like, the Repeater now... The Repeater really feels like a, why would I pick it up? It's funny. I've actually been picking it up a little more in arenas than than I would traditionally lately. And I've found the gun really good now that I've gotten used to it a bit, but... I don't know. I agree with you. It's not quite there. And it's it's not a case of it doesn't do enough damage. It's just like it just doesn't feel that good. Like, I don't know what it is. It's, th- it's hard to hit players. And you've got to hit that first double damage shot to make it, like, sort of count. Which, yeah, I feel like the fact that the triple take now just charges without a without a hop up makes mm. the repeaters, like, ooh, hold down for more damage sort of redundant. I feel like it needs something else to give it that sort of... Why would I pick you up instead of a triple take? Oh, yeah, sorry, you're right. Now that the triple take exists, and I've been getting all right with the bow lately as well. So, like, the repeat is just sort of going down the ranks. There's no scout to, like, level, uh, like, no G7 scout anymore. Either it's in the care package. So, I don't know. Yeah, may- maybe, especially now with the G7 out, maybe it having a light ammo variant as well. That, the hemlock and the car, that would mean you've got a sub and a salt and a, um, a marksman. Or with that sort of similar um, advantage, I don't know something something I think that would be quite cool. That way, we don't have to add another yeah, ammo type as well. Like, clearly, we're not going to add another bowed weapon unless I add a crossbow or something. But I really don't want to see another ammo type. I really don't. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if they add another one, it might start to get a little bit too. Um... So what do we got? We got shoddy, light, heavy, energy, bow, and then the care package weapons now have their own inbuilt ammo. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'd... Also, we don't have a light ammo mi- light machine gun, do we? No, there's a ru- there was a rumor for a while that we were going to get one, and I feel like we will. Like I feel like, like that's something thing. we'll get. Yeah, I feel like it'll happen. Um, that's like the yeah, only we'll gap see. in the roster, really, isn't it? Basically, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, new maps, uh, Storm Point, I think it's called. Mm. Um, so overall, how are you feeling? Uh, in terms of you know, I know we haven't played it much, but you know, is it better than the other maps? As good, fine. What do you think? It has grown on me. Yep. I. Th- the problem when a new map drops is they don't let you play the others, so it's hard to compare when I'm I'm so engrossed in playing this one map and learning it. So I feel like a final verdict sort of thing will come once it's like back in rotation with World's Edge because World's Edge is that map that I'm kind of like I don't know about World's Edge um Olympus I play uh, Olympus I can enjoy playing because it's so aesthetically different whereas it's like World's Edge sometimes feels like King's Canyon with fire like that's just what it feels like sometimes and fire and ice it's it's I, I, I still think I like King's Canyon more than Storm Point yeah, you but, and I are aligned yeah, on that thinking. It's it's 
mainly because Kings Canyon's definitely I'm more familiar with it. I know drops. I uh, I think the fact that it's a bit smaller makes it a lot easier to plan things out and actually have run-ins with teams. But I will say Stormpoint has definitely definitely encouraged me to hot drop because if you don't hot drop, you're not going to get better shields, better gear, better nothing, and you're going to be f- like like pardon the French, you're going to be fucked by the end of the game if you don't start hot dropping. Oh, absolutely, and don't start pardoning the French now, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, too many episodes yeah, in for that. Um, yeah, I was saying yesterday that Kings Canyon, I hide in the highest regard. Like it is, it is like a blood gulch. It is a Valhalla. Mm. It is a. I don't even know what the map's fucking called for PUBG. The first map, Anger Goal or something. Like, it, I hide. I hold Kings Canyon in my the top every top ten list of multiplayer maps. Right. I love it that much. World's Edge, I, I liked because I had to. As in, it was season three of Apex. I'd played it nearly every fucking day since the game came out. And it's like, as much as I love Kings Canyon, a new map was the most exciting fucking thing Respawn could announce. You know what I mean? So I kind of loved it because I had to. But it's never, ever held up to Kings Canyon. Olympus is even worse. But it is more aesthetically interesting. So at the very least, if you're bored, at least you can look up and be like, oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? this storm point map I wouldn't dare say it's as good as King Canyon wouldn't dare but like it's in the conversation I think the map is that fucking good it's aesthetically pleasing it's nice and bright it's dense it's it's um it's interesting like how you know there'll be like point, points of interest on the map that like you can't just walk to the next one you've got to go right around big areas like there's some really interesting choke points going on I, I think it wouldn't just be fair to be like, oh, they've just come up with a better map. I think Respawn's just gotten, like, you know, a more understanding and better, like, idea of what they want in terms of meta and things like that. Like, I think this is a very intentional map, but I don't think they've accidentally just come up with this design, you know what I mean? Whereas I feel like Olympus and World's Edge, some of it was just, like, didn't feel as deliberate. It was just like, oh, let's put this cool thing here and players will find it interesting. It's like, yeah, we did. Cool. Like, nothing wrong with that. Um... The other thing about Stormpoint is the the lack of balloons and the replacement with like the gravity cannons, like similar to Halo. I love that. I love that idea. It's very. The worst thing about balloons is getting halfway up to the fucking balloon and the team still doesn't know where we want to go. And I'm I'm a great fault of that of not knowing where I want to go. Like I'm, I will take more blame than anyone else on that that disaster constantly happening. But I love these cannons. You land in the same spot. Are they perfect in terms of like glitchiness? Nah, not quite perfect. You know, they'll get them there. No big deal. But they're well placed over the map. I don't like how they'll be aimed at something and then you'll go flying left or right depending on where the game wants you to go. Like it's, I've, I feel like I feel like this, this map was clearly developed in chunks and then they put them all together and like, oh shit, it's four degrees out. Ah, it'll be right. But, Interesting. Um, I always looked at that as like, they do that so that it's harder for the teams waiting at the other cannon to know exactly where to shoot. Yeah, but I mean, you get a land at the other cannon regardless. Like, yeah, but I feel like like the best thing about the gravity cannon is it doesn't take away control from you. Like, yeah, I can do a heal and stuff while you're going. That's awesome. exactly my big thing. Is like I've I've really enjoyed throwing arc stars before I land, and the fact that I land a little bit off to the left or a little bit off to the right each time means that like I'm more. 
in control even though I don't have much. Like, it's not like I can run to the left or the right. I have to wait until I land, whereas they can correct. So if I'm throwing an arc star and then landing a little bit off to the to the left, regardless, uh, instead of landing on top of them where I've thrown the arc star, I feel like that's more of like a tactical choice in, in, in giving me the opportunity to fight back against a team that were camping a grav cannon ready to try and jump on us. It's 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 interesting choice. I do agree. Uh, also, I, I would say, though, that I think they're better for retreating than attacking. Like, they're oh, really good for yeah. retreating. Can change the game. I mean, I wouldn't say we've won that many battles retreating through them, but we've definitely been able to outrun people a couple of times because of it, which, mm, which is yeah, awesome. Sure. Or... or, or or you're way out in the zone and the circle's like beating you and suddenly there's a cannon catch up to the zone. I don't know. Or you're in the zone and you're getting a cannon and you accidentally go out of it. That that, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so funny every time it happens though. The map just feels really intentional and it really like, I don't know, constantly I'll be like, oh gee, I wish I could just come across one of these or whatever. And it's like, oh, here's a few pills. Like, cool, crack these open. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just nice. I don't know. I'm really worried that the fucking storm out in the distance though is going to come through and destroy it in one or two seasons' time. Like, this map will, will not yeah. last forever. This map is going to get fucked. And no, it's going like, to be already worse. hinting it. When you're at, when you're at like a lightning point or pole or whatever, like the lightning's already aggressively hitting that area, and That's it's a good like, point. yeah. Yeah, it's like, ooh, this whole area is going to become... I feel like it's going to affect the map and stuff like, ooh, now running through this area, be careful, because occasionally lightning will strike and you don't want to be under it when it does. Here's how you're going to know when it's going to strike. I feel like it's going to do stuff like yeah, that. right. Because I think as another well, thing we haven't talked about... Oh, yeah. oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say, there's like plenty of caves and stuff around the map. They all clearly get a cave in. Like, the yeah, storm's going to yeah. destroy every tunnel, every cave. Like, just so much. Um, sorry, you, you were going to say... Well, I was going to say, another thing I haven't talked about is the fact that there are prowlers, spiders, things in the environment for you to kill and fire back against. Can I say, I think they need to go back to World's Edge and add that in. Yes. I only want one change. Yeah. Those prowlers hit fucking hard. Like, really hard. Like, too hard. Like... Yeah. Many a time I've played with an idiot that has run off on their own only to get knocked down and then I've got to run in there and, and like res them. Like, uh, like I what? actually like, I won on. a game yesterday because the last player on the other team got killed by a prowler. So oh, dude, yeah, like in situations like that, cool, fight around the prowler's nest, but I feel like it's annoying yeah. when a teammate goes in there, doesn't listen. Because these prowler nests are 100% designed to be fought as a team. The spider nest as a team. When half the team doesn't want to do it or isn't listening, there's no point. And then it's like, well, now these prowlers are just hitting way too fucking hard for a single person to deal with. And it's... Yeah. I, I like that they're there, though. The other... Th the, I think the spiders are more interesting because you don't have to shoot them. You can just run past. Mm. And I think that's more powerful than shooting them. I know you get, like, bonus... Um, Evo points and shit for shooting them, but like if you're not sure where other teams are and you don't shoot oh, them, and then the suddenly ends. another team starts shooting them as you're running off, like you can just go in and fuck them right up. Sometimes you need oh, the points yeah. though, like sometimes you've got to hit them. And I've got a weekly challenge that need I need to hit a few, so like you know that'll be like what it low is. Key, um, it was it was it was either yesterday or the day before. Like I uh, teammate had died I was playing with with somebody and they had died and I had grabbed their banner and as I was running away from the team attacking me I shot fuse uh, knuckle clusters at the walls and when the knuckle clusters went off it popped all the spider eggs and the spiders started attacking the team that was chasing me so I could that's get away awesome. that's, that's so like fantastic. there's 
And that wouldn't have slowed you they down are putting tactical. out knuckle clusters. No, yeah, no way. I just knuckle clustered the walls as I ran through and then just kept running. And yeah, the spiders had come out and started attacking the other team. And like, yeah, I just I got away that way. So they're, they're, I appreciate they're there because they can be quite tactical. Like they're quite clever. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I think there's a lot to learn on this map. You know what I mean? Like I don't think we've yeah. really even scratched the surface of what's, uh, what's going on. There's- it's definitely mixing up the meta for sure. Absolutely. There's been a few times I've died purely because I just didn't know the map either. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that knowledge where I can better understand the play I'm making, which would be nice. Yeah. I think that's about all I've got to say about Apex Season 11. It's a refreshing season. It's a solid season, and it's here to take on Call of Duty, Battlefield, Halo, all the big hitters this holiday season. So, good on Apex. Yeah, is it, uh, that's... yeah. I forgot COD came out low-key the other day. I was like, oh, are we going to play COD this year? And then it's like, oh, dude, it came out today. And I'm like, oh, I might go play Apex. Like, <laughs> will I get the COD? Absolutely. 100% I'll get the COD. But right now, I just don't care. Like, there's so much good shit out there at the moment that you can play for free. <laughs> That's like, like, I just, yeah, Apex is one of those gems where it's like, I have an awesome first-person shooter that I can play with my friends that is engaging and I'm enjoying. I have no need to go out and spend $120 on this year's Call of Duty yet. I'm also at the point where if you were like, hey, Jack, we should play some uh, Modern Warfare 2019 tonight. I'd be like, oh, yeah, all right. I'll make sure that's up to date. Like, I'm, I'm keen yeah, to play sure. some COD. I just don't know if I really want to spend 100 bucks on a new one, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's plenty fair. of Call of Duty on the shelf. 100%. Next week, we'll uh, be probably talking Forza Horizon 5, though. Can't, oh, yeah. Can't imagine we'll both play COD by next week. That comes out in two days. On two days? Yes. Kind of wish it was delayed a week, okay. to be honest. <laughs> it's a lot to fit in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited, though. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. So that comes out Tuesday. Yes. Yeah, correct. Yeah. <gasps> Tuesday stream boys let's get it <laughs> I'm ready no I'm, I'm very excited for the new fours I'm very very excited so yeah I'm definitely down 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 for that yeah we'll definitely be talking about that next week absolutely sounds good lock it in cool well Jack mate thank you for joining me this week thank you for having me as always oh mate love having you it's a good time good fun glad we could talk a bit of Apex bit of, bit of Marvel but yeah next week guys we'll be talking Forza Horizon 5 the good the bad and let's be honest it's not going to be bad so uh, yeah make sure you come back next week same bat time same bat channel most likely it'll be on Friday but we've been doing Sundays so if we're like hey it's Friday I don't want to do it we'll do it Sunday get excited people alright <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. If you're looking for myself or Jack, head over to AussieLag.com or AussieLag Gaming over on YouTube. We love you all. Make sure to go to AussieLag.com. There's a new review up on the site and also a video version up on YouTube. So make sure to go check it out. It's for Hot Wheels Unleashed. Probably the best arcade racer to release this year so far. All right, everybody. We love you. We got to leave you. We're going to go play some Apex. We're going to go, we're going to go hit, we're gonna, what are we hitting? We're hitting Apex Predator this season probably. Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're, on, the, we're on the road. Yeah, I think the chips are in our favour. Yeah, uh, yeah, Apex. Apex Predators won, boys. We'll see you guys in a week. We love you all. Until next time, all your games are good ones, and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.